1: Middle
2: call, hey! Behave. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Sunday afternoon evening. I'm Guy. That's John. pasó? This is Ham Haberman in middle call. If you are watching this on YouTube, awesome! Hit that like, subscribe. Check out the description below because that is where our podcast is. If you are listening to this, great. The description has the YouTube link. If you everyone wants the show, it's all there. Cheers to you! Cheers to you!
3: Yeah, stay dry, people. If you're in the uh, no, California streets, like January. Why I don't mean drinking wise. I just mean coverage wise. You know, if you're the Sacramento, uh, getting dumped on wins. You know, bolt everything down, people. We are sponsored by Tito's
2: Hammett Vodka. We're uh, we stopped by the neighbor's house on Friday, brought a bottle of Tito's over. Oh, we love Tito's, but we're out of limes. I said, "Great, I got a lime right here."
3: The neighbor with a cat? No, I I still haven't identified. I
2: haven't identified that person.
3: Yeah, we love our friends at Tito's. I'm sure you do too. We had people. I, you know, we <laughs> would you say we get a large percentage either of people watching sports or looks like at a golf course bar. Feels like a lot of people golf course bar or like starting to tee off or yeah, at or nine. tea box.
2: I get a lot of we get a lot of tea box photos. <laughs> tee
3: box people going to the tea box with their cocktail.
2: What was that photo we got with all the
3: mini Tito's? Was you I, I, I think that me. was someone again? I, I don't know this for sure. I kind of felt like Palm Springsy, looks like he was about to tee off. Okay, and you kind of do you know, Saturday was closer to lunch so they go give a doubles for like him and his boys yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. guess okay my educated guess on the group like give yeah. me doubles so they throw it around it looked like you know a classic snack bar kind of window ledge uh yeah. <laughs> that, that was yep. the vibe i have you know us us eaters and drinkers we we all know a snack bar ledge <laughs> that's what it felt like and uh it looked like they were headed right off to like uh you know somewhere in like palm springs it's the vibe i got yeah made me jealous i wish i was there
2: per- perfect situation Perfect situation yeah. Um, for a Tito's.
3: No. Wet, wet January with Tito's. Uh, obviously, this is a good time to just, uh, when you're out and about and you need a little pick meal. Sometimes you know that it's dark, it's dreary. You need a little pick. Espresso martini. Mm. Uh, get espresso martini with Tito's. It's just hard to beat. If it's uh, done right too. it, just melts in your mouth.
2: Comment here, John, saw your IG post. Why the single can for the John Daly's, not the jug of Arizona diet Arnold Palmer?
3: it's actually, it, it, I got a fraudulent move by me. It's opened. It's been in there a long time. It just was there. <laughs> I think I originally bought three or four cans and you know, yeah. that, that one's probably been there a month. The,
2: the, that is a dangerous beverage. I would, the reason I would go can on the Arizona, even, even if it's like the uh, diet is it's just, I could drink, you know, that whole jug in a day if you're not careful. Agreed. And uh, so the can, you know, Moderates you a little bit, maybe, but Tito's a great mix there. Whatever you want to mix it with, maybe just some water, a little lemon. That's the Tito favorite. Tito's vodka, uh, bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely any proof crafted to be savored responsibly.
3: And we're brought to you by DraftKings. Because Guy, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook for Wild Card Round, Action DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the place to go. Mm -hmm. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a number, excuse me, can get a no sweat bet each day of the wildcard round. That's coming up this weekend, guy. Saturday, Sunday, and a game on Monday. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code HAM. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code HAM only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
2: 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario and Ohio. Bonus issued as is free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to ten dollars. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in New York. Call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash football terms. Yep. Woo. All right, John, we have to start with this. We have to start with this. The uh, 49ers are the two seed, but um, something's been on my mind for 24 hours now, and I just have to get it off my chest. There are only two people that you run that ring around the rosy huddle, double pass touchdown that the Raiders ran. There's only two people you do that against, okay? Two people. The first person is like your best friend, but only if he's got an incredible sense of humor. And the second person is your mortal enemy. Those are the only two people you could even think about running that against. Because if a person is in between your best friend and your mortal enemy and you run that against them, you are declaring war upon that person and they are now your mortal enemy.
3: Did you hear Mahomes? Uh, who? It wasn't Lisa. It was Laura uh, Utridge Oakman. or whatever. Oh. Laura Oakman. Uh, no, it was Laura R- Rutledge. Yeah, yeah, she was a sideline chick for that game because it was yeah. the B crew, right, for the first game. They talked to Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game and they asked him about the play. And he said, we called it snow globe. And they're like, how did it originate? And they're like, honestly, one day we were fucking around at practice doing the circles. No kidding. And Andy, you know, broke the huddle and said, get back to it. The next day he's like, you know what? I kind of like that. (laughs) And they messed around and ran it against Durant. And and what practice
2: did that happen at? Right around Christmas. Christmas. So they've played games since then. Yeah, it was
3: it was Christmas week. They were But they nice.
2: saved it for the Raiders.
3: They saved it for the
2: Raiders. Oh my god. I truly I think it's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen run on an NFL field. <laughs> the play is the play, but the 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 Ferris wheel huddle
4: is just outrageous. <laughs>
3: You know, in, in fairness, he's a guy, right? Ran a play from the Rose Bowl. He, he likes doing weird things. Yes, he that, does. That felt like a whole nother level of FU, didn't
2: it? it was. I thought it was extremely <laughs> disrespectful. I thought I – was. i I'm glad you know what the play was called because I was going to guess. He's – Mahomes said it, Snow Glow. The play was called uh, uh, Jazz Hot Tub or whatever his uh, – that commercial he does. Something oh, stupid. Yeah. Just something ridiculous. <laughs> Just, uh, I actually had a tweet in the holster today, and I was like, ah – it was when the officials were kind of screwing – Were the officials were were given the Seahawks penalties, which was hurting the Rams but also hurting the Lions. And the tweet was something along the lines of – it was typed out and everything. I was like, I don't feel like it. It was uh, the league is screwing the Lions like they were silver and black. Well, I decided not to. Yeah. All right, uh, a lot to talk about on the show today. Let's start with the fact that the 49ers dismantled the uh, – the Cardinals, who uh, did not show signs of life for the 12th week in a row. Uh, The Niners are the two-seed in the NFC. They are 13-4. and They finished the season with 10 straight wins, uh, many of them with their third-string quarterback. And um, on a year that felt like at times a major roller coaster, uh, we'll look back on the seasons. Ten years from now, someone will look back and be like, God, dominant 13-4 and season
3: by Kyle Shanahan's group. Yeah, I was looking. The Niners actually have the coolest winning streak going right now in the league. They've won 10 straight games. Uh, The Bengals have eight. Obviously, the thing got canceled. The Bills have seven, so it's hard. Those kind of got to throw out the window. The Cardinals guy have a seven-game losing streak. So it was like the two worlds collided. One team, 10 straight games, or nine straight games. The other team, six straight losses. As they say, John, nothing had to give. (laughs) And it went exactly like you would have thought it went little closer early on a little bit like the Raider game understood the guys not being super locked in it's a 49er signature give up a big play early in the past little clunky little boring I'll be honest obviously like you and like most people listening watched every snap really for a long time but this year it was the most sleepy just it it was hard to get into it so I put myself as someone who just is usually up for these games, I can only imagine being some of those guys, not truly into it, but cream rises. Niners beat the shit out of them. Looking at the point differential, only the... They're the highest point differential in the league, so only the Bills are even close at yeah. 169. Now, like I said, with the winning streak, little skewed, they, that game that they played didn't count, so if they win, maybe they'd oh, be Oh, their per-game differential, you're right. Theirs would be better. So, but just to win 10 straight games to go 13 and 4. Like let's face it, 17 game season moving forward until Roger kicks in that 18th game. Every team in the league including the Bohemians, right? The Chiefs who have been kind of Super Bowl or bust now for the last 3 or 4 years. Every team in the league, all the good teams would sign up for 13 and 4, right? You yeah. know, like sometimes yeah. year starts like would you would you sign up for 10 and 7? Most good teams would not. 13 and 4, that is the line where that's a hell of a year, right? 13 and four. Now, typically, like you have a three game winning streak, you lose one, you win four games. Like it kind of feels like the way the Chiefs did it, like just a normal good season. This Niners season, at one point in time, if you win 10 straight games or 13 and four, they were three and four. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a long, that's pretty
2: fucking crazy. Well, I'm sure you could go back after the Chiefs game and find us doing a topic that was something about, you know, predicting that, you know, going win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win. And I, you know, we wouldn't have picked Chargers, Bucks, Dolphins, all those games necessarily. Um, you know, those games look different maybe back then. Rams, oh, you got to beat the Rams twice, got to beat the Seahawks twice. They beat the Cardinal. They went six and zero in the division. I know TV threw the graphic up for the first time since whatever '94, maybe or whatever
3: year. Remember that um, was a huge thing we talked about, like in the off season, in, in training camp, leading into the season about. Last year they went two and four. <laughs> Right? They got swept by Seattle, and they got swept by Arizona. And it took a miracle week 18 to beat the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Two two, and four, and they still went 10 and seven. So it shows you, I would say moving forward, you win four-plus games. If you're the 49ers, you feel pretty confident with this roster and this nucleus. You're a 11-plus-win team, right? Part of yeah. part, I mean, it, you handle your business you your division. You're
2: going to be pretty good. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. There's plenty of time to talk about all kinds of Brock Purdy things, but – the
3: only the old guy only them and the Chiefs uh, went swept their division. So you sweep your division, oh. you're you're going to be in pretty good shape. Divisions, the felt, divisions feel kind of similar, actually. The Chargers are the Seahawks,
2: the Raiders and the uh the the Raiders and the Broncos are the Cardinals and the Rams.
3: Agreed. And I'd say the Chargers went
2: healthier, probably right, better than the Seahawks. Yeah, or better. I mean, they're in the playoffs and the Seahawks. We're recording this before Sunday night football. We'll see. Um Niners' point differential was 173. So that's 40 more points in differential than the um next team after if you don't count Buffalo, Philly. The Chiefs were 127. Built, you know, it's funny they played each other. Um so just incredible. Maybe was it the first undefeated division? Maybe it wasn't six and first undefeated division. Right. You weren't playing two, two and two.
3: Back in yeah, the early nineties, were you? Yeah. It, even if you have a great year, right? Like I mean, most of these teams, the Eagles went four and two in the division, right? The the Vikings who are thirteen and four went four and two in the division. <clears throat> the Bills, who are thirteen and three, regardless of what happened in the Bengals game, they went four and two in the division. Like, you got four and two. Like powerhouse, you usually lose a divisional game. We, you know, college sports, right? What it's like? Well, these conference games are really difficult. You're comfortable with the team. You know the personnel. The coaching staffs know each other. It is a that that's a huge huge advantage when when you do that. And honestly, them going six and zero in the division was a huge difference. Why you know. They made up for blowing those two out of the three early games, right, against Denver and Chicago, who turned out yeah. to be two of the shittiest. Chicago, the shittiest team, and Denver. Did Denver win today? They beat the Chargers? <laughs> yeah. Denver beat the <clears throat> starters that the Chargers rolled out, but
2: that was bad. That was the, I mean, a lot of things we'll, we'll see how the day turns out for the Seahawks, but they, they could have
3: used that Denver L because yeah. obviously they have Denver's pick. But, you know, Jerry Seinfeld went one on one as the head coach. Who? I don't think uh, Jerry, whatever. I don't know his last name. Oh, Rosen, uh Rosenberg. <laughs> uh, Rosenberg yeah, no, wrong, Ro- Jewish, guy. wrong Ro- Jewish guy, Rose,
2: Rosen, Rose, something wrote, I think it's, I think it's, Ro- yeah, Rosenberg, Rosenfeld, I it's Rosenberg, <laughs> I, whoever it is, though, a uh, mazel. Um, Jerry gets a win guy. Give yeah.
3: Jerry some credit showed up week three and he gets a win.
2: So, you know, somebody put in the chat, uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan will never be under 500 again uh, In for his career record. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see. He's now fifty-two and forty-six uh, all time. He was well under it at one point in time last year. It's it's been a long climb back. So at thirteen and four this year, that puts him at three double-digit win seasons in um, six years. Three double-digit win seasons in six years: a six win, a four win, a six win, a thirteen win, a ten win, a thirteen and three win, a ten and seven. And a uh, 12 and four. So, you know, the, I do The know, modern no. last two years have been you get more games last year. He needed the the, last, the 17th game to get to double digits.
3: I don't know if he'll accomplish more than the 19 team that won multiple playoff games, won the NFC and, you know, could have easily won the play, uh, Super Bowl. I think this is his best team, the way they're playing right now because of how high in their offense is. Uh, I I think that team... Sorry, I was reading a comment. You think this is better than the 19 team? Is that what you just said? I I do. I think that... Yeah, I do. Because I think they have the best passer they've had. Anytime you have the best passer, and obviously they are... What's the difference? Well, they had Mozart. Well, this team has McCaffrey. Maybe that team defensively was a little deeper up front, right? Uh, Well... Sorry. This this team's just more explosive on offense,
2: I think. Yeah, so that defense, I think, was better. Although this is a better Bosa. I think that secondary might have been well. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Was that secondary
3: better? Um, I mean, the, the safeties on this team, on well, the safeties, excuse well, me. I mean, Charver. Is- Gibson picks it off like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charver. You'd say Richards probably just more. He just felt a little more comfortable with him. But I, I don't think the gap, what that version of Richard Sherman and what they're getting out is that deep. You would say Mosley's probably a better play he is than Lenore, but they do a good job of mixing and matching.
2: Buckner was on that team, but I don't watch this team and think they lack anything from a defensive standpoint. Anyway, what I was going to get at is, at the end of the day, as good as that defense was, they had to play the Chiefs and they had to score points, and they didn't score enough points in that Super Bowl. Now, you could argue, well, they also didn't get the stop that they needed on Spider 2, Y, Wasp. But um, I think they need a little more juice offensively, and this team has it. So I, I hadn't thought about it that way until you
3: said it, but I think you might be right about it. Well, this team, and I think you saw it today for the first time because guys have been missing, they have an unlimited amount of sweet players. Like Elijah Mitchell is really good, right? Like He's really yep. good. Dorsey Levins. And he's not even the starting running back because they have Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel is like, how's he going to get touches? And he'll find a way. You give him some sweeps. You give him some quick screens. Ayuk is just a pretty dominant wide receiver right now, and Kittle is a monster. And the offensive line, like, McGlinchey did get smoked on the one butsa, uh, but he's been better than I think usual and the rest of the group is really good. And I think they're deep. That was the other thing. Banks hurts his knee and what or ankle or both. And what happens? They bring in Brunskill, who's literally started in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Like if that's that's a really good backup. So that there is no to me there's just no drop off there. And I just think offensively they're potent. And the kid is just slinging around pretty comfortably. Again, a pretty easel, you know, stats were fantastic. But the eye test is just, it's pretty easy for him right now, guy. I I just can't believe, I mean,
2: Shanahan's signature season is not necessarily this year, although I do think this is his signature year, right? If we said, like, rank Shanahan's signature years to win with your third string quarterback. Um, But Do Do you expect him to win Coach of the Year? No, I don't. Do you? Do you think Sirianni's going to get it? Uh, I actually kind of feel like Dayball might get it. It'd be My list would be Dayball,
3: Sirianni, Shanahan. I think I would go Kyle over Nick, though, because he. I saw Nick with a backup quarterback and it was really ugly. Yeah, I a I mean, Backup it, quarterback. Well, like to me, it was
2: Sirianni when they were a one loss team. Now they're 14 and 3. The Niners are 13 and 4. Niners went, you know, so. I would go Kyle over Nick. Uh, to me, Dayball at nine, seven and one. Um his team
3: sucks, guy. They just are not very it is remarkable you they got credit. To that you're not giving them credit. I'm giving them yeah. a ton. Like I, I but, thought they were I, I would have bet a lot of money. I, I can't do bet on futures. It takes too long to, long to come to fruition. You know that the Titans over under was seven and a half, and they'd been on seven for like a you know a month and a half. Oh, that sucks. I, I I couldn't do it. To me, they're over under. They, they felt like a lock to be drafting in the top five when the season started. And everyone had acknowledged it. They're like, yeah, this is a rebuild for him. He makes the playoffs as a six seed. So it's not even like, well, it's a seven seed. No, he, in the history of the playoffs, like he's a real playoff team. Yeah. In a in a tough division. Like he's, I, and you just watch what he's done. Like he would be my vote and I would put Kyle over
2: Sirianni. I think I've seen Doug Peterson's name on some lists. Um, Andy, just a ho-hum 14-3 and three season. Nobody cares. My problem with the coach of the year sometimes is it's um, it's kind of like I don't – can you be the coach of the year? Of the year if you won nine games? Like that's my one issue, and I think Day Bowl is is – I think he's deserving. But the coach, the player of the year is never like, well, we thought it was going to suck, but finished
3: 12th in touchdowns. Well, explain this one to me then. You just hit the name. Because it feels like he's now in this slot, right? Bill forever didn't get any credit, even though every year he's going like fourteen and two or thirteen and three. Andy Rego's fourteen and three when he trades one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise and a sure full uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. They go fourteen and three, they sweep the division. The guy that might end up winning Kyle Shanahan, he beats the living piss out of. <laughs> I mean, destroys him. The, their point differential would be. 15 points higher if that game did not exist, but it did. And Andy uh, humiliated the 49ers. Yeah. But he ain't going to get a vote. He will not get a vote.
2: Mahomes also costs him votes, right? That he has Mahomes, that hurts him.
3: But I even watched, like, they talked about it last night on the broadcast, just how much, like, he's pushed Mahomes to become a smarter player, play more within himself, work on his fundamentals. And you just watch Patrick, like, he's much more under control now, isn't he? There's
2: no question he coaches Pat. I'm just saying, it, I think that hurts you in the voting.
3: No, I'm not, he's not going to win, but it's it's kind of crazy that he just, I don't think he'll ever get a vote for the rest of his career. He can win like multiple more Super Bowls. Well, no, and win, yeah, he'll, he'll only get, well, like
2: Mahomes has to get hurt in order for Andy to win the thing. And they'll be like, Andy, he went, he, he went eight, eight and one without Mahomes, coach of the year. He'd be like, what about the year I went 14 and three? Kick the Niners' ass.
3: I'll tell you when he gets it. Is the Jets cut Zach Wilson this off season. He signs him to a two-year veteran minimum deal. Mahomes rolls an ankles out a month, and Zach th- wins three out of four and throws like seventeen touchdowns in that period of time. Seventeen would be hype. Seven.
2: Do you think this year, this season? We'll talk about the game here, but do you think the season just kind of settles? Not that I don't know the, the Kyle Shanahan criticism. It was weird, right? Because it wasn't hot seat. Like, that was never a real conversation. But Kyle did just regularly get criticized, and I didn't think it was all unfair, even though you and I have been steadily pro-Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, uh, does this end anything? I, I, I don't know. I guess we have to see what the playoff run brings, right? The postseason is a big part of this.
3: Yeah. I mean, he can't. He, well, he can. He's he's won four playoff games. The last, like, last year, his know. regular
2: season wasn't great, but his playoff season made him Balanced
3: unimpeachable. Out. I I think it was him and the organization. What a win for them because I think there are two pivotal moments. Really, three, right? Resigning Jimmy, having him as your backup, so when Trey gets hurt, they're able to kind of man the fort with him. Then he gets hurt, and a guy that they had believed in that Kyle clearly kind of went all in during training camp and was going to keep around, they cut a guy that they paid, So their quarterback situation is a reflection to me of like the organization, how they treat people, how guys like being here, that whole thing. I do think, I wouldn't say controversial, but I thought it was, I don't want to say insane, but pretty rich how much they paid for Christian McCaffrey. Like It was. I mean, it was a lot to pay for Christian McCaffrey. Now, they, they mentioned it today during the broadcast, a huge part of it. And it almost felt like Kyle had mentioned to them, like, you know, they were asking for a lot, and when they said two, three, four, we were hesitant. But then they're like, "Wait, he's going to go to the Rams," and that kind of put him over. Regardless how they got there, that that move has been a, a, a huge catalyst for their success. I mean, he's been a—I mean, Kyle gives him the ball every other play, but he's been fantastic. In a weird
2: way, it's hard. I, I don't want—we don't have to go down this conversation. But if you said like team MVP last two months of the season, first name Adam. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but first, I go well McCaffrey. Okay. Now, the defensive player of the year, he's pretty damn good. Probably the number one offensive line taken in the O-line draft, Trent, he's pretty damn good. Like, they have multiple, but you can make a legitimate case that Christian has been, right? You're right, yeah. and, he, and he had
3: a big part of that. Sorry, you said two things. Was that the first but thing? Think about this, like, once he comes – and part of it's, I guess, Purdy, too. But, you know, it feels like you're getting more now out of Kittle. You're getting more out of Ayuk. It feels more like a Chiefs offense of the last several years now. When he drops back to Pat, it, this offense feels explosive. And he's a part of it. Yeah. There was a third down play today. Was like third and seven. And, and some the broadcast was like, uh, McCaffrey's out wide. And what'd they end up doing? Throwing a like a comeback to Christian McCaffrey on the outside.
2: You see the, that somebody posted the video of the route ISO. it's a pretty, I'm no route doctor, but it's a pretty sweet route.
3: Yeah. He's a, he's really proven that if you're going to quote unquote, when I say overpay, just a lot of picks going for a running back. I Even if you love them, you, we have to acknowledge that. We can't universally say running backs. You have to undervalue them or excuse me. They're like, yeah, you, you, you don't have to put much into it. And the Niners have proven that right with Mozart, with uh, Wilson Jr., with Elijah Mitchell, granted he gets injured, but 6 round pick and he's freaking awesome. They go all in on McCaffrey, and part of it clearly also is he's under contract. It, it would be a little—I wouldn't say weird—but would they have done it if he was on his, you know, the final year of his deal? I, I wonder if they would. Uh, you would not to have do gotten
2: it. as much, right?
3: You wouldn't think. Also, he it's just helped. ultimately the point is it's worked out. I mean, what would you have to give that trade, an A? Yeah, A+. I mean, he's been healthy. It's been...
2: And then when you had to go, he was... Like, to me, he was a great fit for Jimmy. But then when you had to go to Brock, it made it even, I think, all the more valuable.
3: Well, guy, he's just better with a better player. right? (laughs) Because if if you can consistently throw him the ball...
2: He's just such a great safety blanket, though. Like, that's what I mean for Brock. But Jimmy need that. Most quarterbacks need that. Every quarterback benefits from that, so... Uh, and then Debo went out, and it turned out it happened at a time in the year where you could actually survive it. But Christian picked up the rock in that spot.
3: So, Yeah, I mean, since coming to the Niners, it's six rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, well over a 1,000 all-purpose yards, but it, the stats don't even do it justice, right? Just how clutch he's been on first downs. How about today? There was a, what, a third and 17 on that draw that – I don't know where the yellow line was. I'm like, could he get the first down? And then he did that. And I was like, hey, must have got it. No yellow line in that play. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, no. Maybe I'm guessing it was pretty – sometimes if you
2: lose yards, it's hard for them to get that thing set up quickly enough maybe. I don't know.
3: That's true. You probably don't need that many yellow lines on third and 17s. Yellow continue. line guy Yellow line guys like the Cardinals. He got a little lazy. Checked yeah, out. fell asleep. One, two, three, uh, <laughs> Cancun. One, two, three, Kingsbury. I, I, I love – when I see on the internet or read stories about Cliff Kingsbury, is like, you know, will he be in hot pursuit for college jobs? Like, guys, you do realize he got fired at Texas Tech for failing there. He's not – this isn't like Sabin or Petrino, a guy that's had success, came to the NFL, and it, it was up and down. This is a guy who failed in college, like did not have success. Right? Also, that's, that's the type of thing, like somebody who doesn't pay attention to college that well. Like, it's January
2: 8th. What college jobs? Of, offensive coordinator jobs? But how many of those if are even,
3: leaves. but how many even O.C. jobs in college are open right now? Not many. No, right? no that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't even understand. Like The timeline's off of guys. The, 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 the hiring site, Black Monday for college, is what? Like right after Thanksgiving? Like would he just be on Sean Payton's staff somewhere? You know, he's a lot. I could see him taking a year off and just kind of chilling. Get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you need some sleep. Maybe he'd go to TV. He, he honestly doesn't feel like he's his personality with the chicks, probably. But i I when you hear him talk, I don't know if that's yeah, really his thing. Very, uh, he's he's a little key. more like football geeky. Yeah. He's, he's not, yeah. He's not as like boisterous as Sean. No. Uh, Brock Purdy's day 15 of
2: 20, 178 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It was, um, what the sixth straight? I just lost the stat. The sixth yeah, straight, six straight game yeah. with multiple TD passes that ties Justin Herbert's rookie record, and I guess do the do the postseason count? We maybe you can extend it next week. But another day in which I thought he just looked like most other days. We are seeing him. You know, I thought one thing that stood out to me today a couple of times. He's just you know the mobility. There is a limit to it. Like Kyle ran him on one play that got blown up. He tried to do the backside.
3: I, see, I, I, what I think happened on that play <clears throat> is that the running or the, the linebacker was untouched and was going to blow up Elijah Mitchell. So, so Elijah Mitchell just took him. He just um, took him and then Purdy left. I, I, I think that was a give. I, I don't think. I think the play got blown up and Purdy just took it off. Purdy and Eli- Elijah just didn't take the ball. Like he just went to save. You know, basically, the smart play. Purdy, a couple of those
2: blindside turns, which he he goes to his left. Kyle runs him to his left. He goes to his left. And um, early in the game, he knocked him out of field goal range, taking a sack, rolling to his left. You know, for all the shit, everyone. had a really good game. I'm just looking for new stuff.
3: Well, I would say this for the Arizona Cardinals. They do have a lot of quick players on their roster on defense. Isaiah Simmons can run. You know, their defensive line is pretty athletic. Their DBs, it just feels like they t- consistently. They're not a great defense, but they are a fast defense, and that's just we saw it last year with Trey. Uh, you know, I, Buddha not around, but they they have a lot of guys like that. Feels like in that mold, they can run. It's a tough. Like you, you're not just going to run around on that on those guys. And you're right. For the first time today, there were multiple guys that he realized, like I I'm not going to consistently just run away from those guys. But I also think he knows that. Like I don't think he. I think he does it a lot of times more survival mode than he does it for, like, I, I think I'm some sweet athlete. Yeah. Even though he did pick up a play with the uh, first down with his legs, I think it's more than serviceable for a guy that ultimately you're going to win with him throwing the ball. If he was not a good thrower like that, he wouldn't bring enough to the table with his legs. But to me, he's a... I mean, guy, in his five games, obviously 5-0, and oh, and it's weird, sometimes, In in fairness to, like, the team, relative I to six. Jimmy, I mean, like, he played
2: so much of the Dolphins game. It's not technically a start, but
3: yeah, a, a lot of times, like Jimmy is like, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like Allen or Burrow in this bad boy. <laughs> you know, the, it was a group effort here. This guy threw thirteen touchdowns in his six games and was slinging the ball consistently throughout this his run as the starting quarterback. He is pushing the ball down the field, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo. When it would, when they just get into third and long in, in these situations today, like. He, I, I just feel like they can convert third nine. Doesn't mean they always do, but they are willing to throw it, run deeper routes, and he's definitely willing to to let it go, because he's yeah, I mean, woke. I mean, Brandon you and George Kittle have become monsters with him slinging the ball.
2: Yeah, like today again, multiple throws, touch throw on the first touchdown. to Kittle was a beautiful throw. um Was he on the move on that throw?
3: No. Pretty. Kinda kinda moved to his left a little bit in the pocket, but I wouldn't call him like scrambling around. Early in that drive, he had a nice throw down the field to Ayuk. Get a bunch of throws to Ayuk. Him and I But IU, you know yeah. the one that Ayuk dropped, the one over the middle of the field that he kind of laid out for. I think his misses are so much better than the misses the Niners have been used to the last four or five years. Like if that's their miss, like you can live with it. Yeah.
2: I, I- I think he's not a lot a, of tip balls over the middle of the field.
3: He's just a really accurate thrower of the football when his feet are set, and I think that was on full. I mean, fifteen to twenty playing a gutless one-two-three Cancun team. But I mean, he well, was I just, mean, we're, we're going to give him credit for the pass rush, though. Well, yeah, I, I just thought he was. He's just an, a very accurate passer from the pocket. Yeah, it was. Um, which
2: is something they've lacked. I, I think the other thing. When you watch him, and this is not, we've talked about this, i but I just thought it today. Like, at one point early in the game, I think he was 6 of 10. And you just watch him going, at no point does he look rattled. And it just stands out every week. I'm not breaking news, but, you know, when he's at the line of scrimmage and there's nine on the play clock and he's just kind of looking around, licking his fingers, he's just, it just stands out every time I watch him. I, and it hasn't gotten old that he's extremely well prepared for this, for all of this.
3: What do you think about his rollout? Back to his left, no one open. Stops, slings it. Mahomes sidearm to Kittle. It was an incompletion. Where but Kittle had like, to break it up. Yeah, it was like between two guys. He kind of sidearm. That it was the like, on the sideline where Kittle had to break it up. That play? No, this is this is probably him on the numbers. It was like a bootleg. Oh you know, yeah, to yeah, his, yeah, to his yeah, non-throwing yeah. side. So he yeah. stops. Clearly, the crosser whatever's taken away. So he does like his check down, but there was a guy in front of him. So he kind of does a Mahomes sidearm. Yeah.
2: yeah. He had hey, another, he's feeling himself. He, he had another one player. on the sideline. The Kittle had to break up. Um, Just kind of play DB on
3: that, that touchdown pass though to Kittle where he's like this with his arms extended where he did the toe tap. Yeah. That's just a fantastic throw. You know, just a fantastic, like that's so high level NFL, right? All pro level tight end in the back of the end zone, Put it up where only he's getting it, but not too high where you overthrow him and you go, God, that's a that's got to be a touchdown. Not behind him, not where he's got to lay out. Just give your athlete a chance to make an athletic play and then boom, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Him and him, and we can talk about it right now.
2: I mean, him and Kittle. Actually, before we do, John, let's tell the people about our friends. At Sleep Number, sleepnumber.com slash ham sleep slash ham, whether you like to sleep really firm. I I I started like back in the early days of sleep number for me, 660 55, the sleep number. Now John's at a 40, but sleep slash ham is the place to go
3: right now. Go choose proven quality sleep. Well, here's the one thing, guy. At this time of the year, I'm sure everyone listening knows it. I'm sure you're experiencing it. it you know, it's, it's easier to get out of the bed when the sun's shining and it's a little warm. When it's cold and it's freezing, you're like, Do I want to get out of my my comfy sleep number bed? And the answer is typically no. Uh, and on the weekends, you just keep on sleeping. But on the weekdays, you got work to do, you got stuff to do. Here's the key: open your curtains, get some get some light going, uh, light up your alarm. So when that thing goes, you, you know, lights up your brain. Boom, starts triggering things. Embrace the morning workout. Get up and get moving. And the Sleep Number bed, you have the best night of sleep on it. Helps you attack the day and you never look back. The more productive you are, kick ass and take names. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. One thing that does make it
2: easier to get up when it's cold is if you went to bed at a reasonable time. Okay. Uh, It's it's everything. And I know a lot of you, it's early January. This might be one of your uh, New Year's resolutions. Get a little more sleep. I think waking up refreshed is just... A superpower. Oh. And you can track your sleep, like three, uh, Sleep Number 360 smart beds with Sleep IQ technology can show you how long, how well, and when you slept. So right now, choose Proven Quality Sleep from Sleep Number because to be your best every day, you need Proven Quality Sleep every night. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash
4: ham. Do it. com slash ham. pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you
3: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you.
0: Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: so does Jimmy Garoppolo, sorry, does Brock Purdy give you a better chance of winning in the playoffs than Jimmy? You think back to the Dolphins game and that sounded would have been an insane thing to suggest at the time. Insanity. But he feels more accurate, right? I mean, we can the numbers can tell us. He he what, he's a more accurate passer, which is a double whammy, right? Because it's yeah. more yards after catch on a team that gets a lot of yak and it's less turnover-worthy plays, to
3: borrow from PFF. Yeah, to me, he's more accurate, he's more athletic, and your passing game is more explosive. Now, there is an element, and I know Billy Bean quivers when he hears this, is these games mean more, and there's more on the line, and there's an element of pressure. Farhan's like, pressure doesn't exist! No, it does. It's called the playoffs. And guys, you know what? Get really tight and don't play as well. What we've seen from him... Never seen one iota, really, of that. Right? You're allowed a bad play, throw a pick, like, welcome to football. But, like, it looks too big. Like you mentioned earlier, he looks frenetic. He looks scared. I don't mean, like, scared of football. Just a lot going on, seeing ghosts, however you want to put it. He hasn't shown that at all. But he does lack experience of ever, you know, playing in a playoff game. But Justin Fields played in a playoff game, and they just lost 10 straight games. Right? So it's... Coming to the NFL from college, there's only so much. Like he's played in bowl games. He's played in big games with ranked opponents. He's played in pressure packed environments. I would say there's nothing quite like the NFL playoffs in terms of the amount of people watching his game come this upcoming weekend, whenever that whether that's Sunday afternoon or Sunday night or Saturday night or whatever. But as a player, you and I talk about that. The the league will talk about it, but. The stadium's packed. Stadium's packed, right? He doesn't. Whether there's five million people watching, a hundred million people, what? What really? Obviously, the Super Bowl's a different animal, but it's a wild card game. It's it's going It's a. It's just a different deal because it's it's winner go home. That yeah. that doesn't exist in college. Like your bowl game, that you know that's the last game of the season. The football, there's no series. All of a sudden, you're down. Touchdown in the second half. Like it just you can get tight fast, and they're gonna be playing at home. In their last time that they were at home. For the playoffs, I would say it was relatively easy, those two playoff games, right? So the, the crowd just went nuts. And I would say last year, I mean, they were winning in the NFC Championship game. That, that one went pretty well until it didn't, until Tart dropped it. And I would say the first playoff game, they went on the road and started fast. Like, you start fast in playoff games, it's just a little bit easier to breathe, especially for a younger player. But I, I would say what he's shown so far, I, I wouldn't expect him to, like, being frenetic and spraying the ball all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, the one thing, and he's
2: for reference this year, he's 68%, 13 touchdowns, four picks. Uh, Well, is it 68? You know, these
3: ESPN.com. Yeah. It's it, I, the update is 13 and four. So it's like 67, seven or whatever. Okay. I do up. Yeah.
2: So uh, Jim, Jimmy this year was 67, 16 and four. Garoppolo. But uh, you know, so the numbers say they're very similar. Um, and I think to really use Brock's numbers, like to really use Brock's numbers when you compare him to Jimmy's, you just need more than even six games. But, I, you know, I, I think the question with him is just going to be how well does he protect the football? With this defense, with these playmakers, you know, I think we saw it again today, actually, four-minute offense. Like four-minute offense before the end of the first half is – you know, every broadcast tells you, like, this is Kyle's favorite. And l- unless it's a big game and Jimmy's got the ball and then he waits to see what happens on first down. Christian, so like, see if you can get 17 yards in your first run. If which, you can't, you know, know, that's the beauty. You don't really have to push the ball down the field with with that team. And yet he'll let Brock cut it loose a little bit. But I thought that was a really good drive. I, I think it'll be interesting. It'd be kind of scary. But what happens if he throws, you know, every quarterback in the history of time has had the, oh, two interceptions and a half. What? How do you respond? All that type of thing. But the good news for him is if he throws two picks, his defense might hold the other team to, you know, two field goals or 10, 10 points or like this Niners team generally doesn't let that turn into 14 if that, if that were to occur. So
3: well, well, J- Jimmy stats really since 19 after he tore his ACL 69 percent, 67 percent, 68 percent, and 67 percent the last four years. That's really high, even in a league that's obviously it's much easier to have completion percentages well over 60 now than it was in 94. But you're 69, 68, 60. That's that's pretty damn good. The numbers feel better than what I watched. Well, can I give you playoff numbers? I bet they're pretty damn good.
2: 60 percent, 60.6, four touchdowns, six interceptions.
3: In the four games or I guess five games? Well, no, it's 6 it's 6 games. Yeah, He wasn't as good in the playoffs for sure, right? Cuz the Packer game he was bad. Uh The Dallas game, he had uh, he's he threw he
2: had 3 playoff games without a touchdown pass. He threw a pick 6 in the Dallas game, didn't he?
3: Uh Definitely. yeah, I mean, he threw yeah,
2: we, he only had one playoff game without a pick. How about that? He threw a pick in 5 of the 6 playoff games. Yeah.
3: So he wasn't as good. Part of it is harder. You're playing the best teams. I mean, that's right, going right. to be, you know, it's going to be. He He's going to be talked about a lot, right? Because a lot of people think this team can win the Super Bowl, right? Or can get to the Super Bowl. Winning is another animal. Like if you're playing the Chiefs, they beat you by 40 points. Like, yep. or the Bills, but th- that they can win the NFC. And I think the main question is going to be, well, special teams are really good. Offensively, they're really explosive. Defensively, they've been consistently one of the best defenses in the league. It's just like they do have a rookie quarterback who's the last pick in the draft. Like that, That's really the main concern, right? Their coach has proven it. Their defense have proven it. Their defensive coaches have proven it. that They can win in the playoffs. Can Brock Purdy win in the playoffs? And it's a fair question to ask. And honestly, we're just basing it on what we've seen. I feel pretty good about it. But we've seen crazy experiences in the playoffs before. Now, it's, it's very, very difficult to play on the road. And we know for a fact that this two seed, they're getting, you know, if they win next week, they're getting two home playoff games. So I would say it's a pretty easy landing spot. But if I want to go big, big picture, I mean, on the road, Philadelphia, that that place would be pretty bananas, I would guess, right? That's the NFC championship game, Mm -hmm. Mm Niners-Eagles. That'd be a tough environment for pick 266. You know, he'd be like, well, I played at Oklahoma State and played at Baylor. Just which, which is not nothing. I mean, those places are loud. Or I'm trying to Oklahoma, Iowa. Yeah, I I just um. The question is, it,
2: it, it's ha, the personality he's already displayed is that the personality he takes him into the into these games, right? If he is who he has appeared to be so far, you're okay. two sixty
3: two. My bad, two sixty two. Did he throw a pick six in the Cowboy game? Somebody said he didn't. But, uh, did the guy get tackled? I thought he scored, but maybe, maybe let it get called did.
2: back. That was like, no,
3: remember when Jimmy rolled out in the Cowboy game through the pick? I, I do remember the that. scored.
2: I maybe he didn't score. Uh, the, the, the callback on the interception. Although did Brock have one of those two this year? I think he did interception called back. Yes. So I, I love a good, like interception, a defensive line, hands to the face of the right guard. First down
3: for the offense. You know, in fairness to that referee, he's just looking down the line of scrimmage, right? He's not paying attention to what's going on. He's just locked into the line. It might might be what happened. It just feels, you know, the defensive lineman hands to the face of the
2: offensive lineman feels like a. uh, sometimes it could be a cheap penalty.
3: Trust me, guy. I've I've always hated the uh, defensive holding. Like, you know, just there's a a wide gap of what can be called on a receiver. Yeah, I mean, if you're mugging the guy, but some of you know, just kind of hand fighting, like let him play football. Uh,
2: you mentioned Kittle. George Kittle now has. What do we say? We had to do the math because he has 11 the touchdowns, 11 touchdowns for George Kittle, which uh, is puts him near the top of the NFL list. He's had like bottom.
3: seven in the last month. Well, he
2: didn't play the first two weeks of the season. Then he didn't score the first four games that he played in. So he didn't score a touchdown until week seven. Of the NFL this year, a and week before up, Halloween, a week before Halloween, and he still ended up with Devontae had fourteen, Kelsey had twelve, AJ Brown had eleven, uh, Diggs had twelve, Jamar Chase had ten, Kittle had had eleven, so tied for
3: third in the NFL. Well, I think one 12. thing with one thing with him last year and then this year is we just started questioning like is he playing a different game than Travis Kelsey? Yeah, And in fairness, he was asked to block a lot with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were running the ball. That was a huge part of their identity. And even last year, right, toward the end of the season with Debo Samuel, they just handed him the ball. Yeah. And George played, was like the sixth offensive lineman. And Juszczyk was the seventh. This offense is a little bit more spread around and sling that pill. And one thing, you know, even though they're rivals, right, Iowa State and Iowa – He fucking feeds that guy, especially in the red zone. What was so bad with the 49ers for a year and a half? Their red zone offense. And I'll never forget we're on a you know group text with Jeff Schwartz. He's like, part of being bad in the red zone offense is like better quarterbacks are better in that area. Average quarterbacks to below struggle in that area. The field is wider than it is long. Things happen way faster. It's much more condensed. Purdy is dramatically more potent in the red zone, which has awoken this individual. Now, some of his touchdowns obviously have been explosive touchdowns, right? But today, what happened? Multiple red zone touchdowns. Debo Samuel is not a red zone player as a wide receiver. You kind of is, but he's got to run the perfect route. And honestly, he's hit him <laughs> a couple times in the last month. But George Kittle is a red zone player. 6'3", long can jump f- fucking throw him the ball. A- Andy, can you imagine how many touchdowns George would have had over the last 3 or 4 years with a Josh Allen, with a Joe Burrow, with a it, Yeah. You, with less have, of a, just with less of a run game, right? We've just, just kind of lost touch with how potent and talented the guy is. Yeah. I, I know I had. Not that it's shocking when you see him playing like this, but it's like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that 4 or 5 years ago became a superstar." Yeah. He's got more just than a boss spiking the football or, you know,
2: being a WWE fan. It's weird. The Niners are 53% red zone touchdown percentage. Last year they were 64%. But it does just feel kind of different for them this year in the red zone. And obviously McCaffrey helps, Debo helps. They just have so many weapons. And they're still with all these extra weapons this year. You add McCaffrey to it and Kittle's finding a way down the stretch to be really impactful in the pass game. And you know, you think generally he'd he'd have mismatches. Like he had Simmons on him on that first touchdown today, right? And Simmons just slipped. Like he couldn't keep up with, you know, where Kittle knows where he's going, you don't. And once you get boxed, once you get behind him, you're in
3: trouble. You know, Kittle's previous high for touchdowns in a season was six. Wow. I wonder too if, you know, part of, you know, being a really good coach is, playing to the strengths and weaknesses of your player well one of the strengths of brock purdy is his ability to operate the red zone and clearly find kittle in their running plays for him like that that obviously the touchdown in the back of the end zone last week touchdown in the back of the end zone both in the same corner the second touchdown right was just kind of your typical play that you see good offenses run to their star tight end kind of a quick out route head toward the pylon in the middle of the end zone and my guy's bigger and faster than your guy. That's what you do with Kelsey. It's what you do with Waller. It's what you do with this guy. He is a tough cover. Why? He's fast, physical, and his ball skills are elite. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. He's been such a good guy and teammate and always kept his mouth shut. Even when he wasn't producing, it helps once you get paid. Right. Right. Like I'm getting my salary, whether I score fifty touchdowns or not. But still, like we're all human <laughs> beings, and he's talented enough to now. And part of it maybe is just I think that tight end you now Kelsey always gets to produce, but I just think like like him and Kelsey both fit on the same mold. They're just like high level. They're just trying to
2: win. It's probably I think a, a coach who wins a lot might say this is how all the teams are. But Debo had to go beyond his you know had to go outside of maybe his normal role last year. Trent Williams is asked to do a lot, Juice does a lot, IUK does a lot. Like Jennings is always ready to step up. I just think it's kind of a signature of this offense of guys are willing to do things maybe that some star players aren't asked to do.
3: Totally agree. And I, I don't think like I, I'm not trying to be fanboy or whatever. Honestly it kind of annoys me sometimes. I mean I, I like the player, great jeans, hundred year old grandma was there. I, I would say this about George. He's a hall of fame level talent. Now to get there you know, circumstances and variables. Some of them are out of your control as a receiver, but like, it's not disputable. I mean, he's, he's as talented of a player at that position beside a small group of guys that we've seen in what, the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, Tony you know, Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, like how many guys that we've seen, be, especially complete player. One thing to knock on like Tony Gonzalez, like not really that big on blocking, <laughs> Part of what made Rob so special is like when Rob wanted to block, he turned into like Trent Williams and George has that too. And he has
2: that rep while he's active. It's not after the fact when he's trying to get into the hall of fame, people are telling you, no, you don't understand what a good blocker he was. Right.
3: Exactly. So I, uh, he played
2: 95.
3: I think it's cool when, you know, sweet players get like kind of re resurrected. Like, oh yeah, Yeah. I'm a bad MF. -er." Yeah. Because I think right now, if you just like ask around the league, like God, George Kittle's dominating right now, right? They might have said that a lot of
2: times, but it's like obvious to everybody now, right? Yeah, when he's a pass catcher, it's just Uh, Elijah Mitchell came back. John had uh, five carries for fifty-five yards and two touchdowns. By the way, just I hadn't checked his box score.
3: I do wonder, and this is where it probably helps having your head coach, who's a fantastic offensive coordinator. I don't want to say they have an overabundance because that's always a good problem to have, but they do have a lot of individuals, you know? I mean, obviously Kittle McCaffrey are killing it. Ayuk's having the season of his life. So Debo's what? back now. Elijah Mitchell, Juwan Jennings is good. I mean, they, they have a lot of weapons. So if we were to play
2: that out, like what, where, how that's a challenge, like talk it out. Like
3: what is the challenge? Well, I think the challenge sometimes is like, you just want to get your playmakers the ball. Right. So, you know, you you just – now, the one thing is if McCaffrey's going, they will just keep giving McCaffrey the ball. Like, that much is well-established. If he's humming and they're running the ball, they will just hand him the ball over and over. Yes. But as you saw today, like, maybe they're more likely to give McCaffrey the third series off because of Elijah Mitchell, which is fine, which yeah. I, no one's going to dispute. But how do you you want to give Debo opportunities with the ball in his hands? But you're going to pass the ball, so you're going to throw it to Ayuk and Kittle and Jawan. Like there's just you just have a lot of mouths to feed, even though they're not guys screaming that they're hungry and they have to eat. I, kinda, I, I just think it's a, it's just a it's a balancing act that it, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't think. No, I I,
2: I the reason I asked you that question is just because I'm I'm just thinking it through with you. Like it's a good problem it, to have. It's a good problem to have. It it's I'm not it's not that it puts more pressure on Kyle. It just makes the things that Shanahan decides to do more impactful. Cause you can't or you don't just say, Well, we'll just feed Debo, and even if he doesn't make the first few plays, we'll just let him get hot, right? Like a good player on a bad basketball team is just gonna get 30 shots or however many 20 shots, and so he'll end up with 28 points, even if it's inefficient. Yeah. It's it's a little different, right, when you've got Derrick Henry. You just feed Derrick Henry. If it doesn't work at first, just keep feeding him. This is a little – like you are making decisions if you're Kyle Shanahan about who to try and feature on a particular play. And then, you know, obviously Brock, a play may not be for McCaffrey. He'll get it to him. Feels like that happens a lot. I You know, Debo, it, it feels pretty – when Debo gets the ball, it generally feels pretty planned, right? Um.
3: remember they one thing with the playoffs remember last year the Trent Williams play where he came in motion yeah and th- they went back to the well and it didn't work the second time but you, you're you're gonna get some of is there a wildcat play with Debo and McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell like some diamond type play you just try different things in short yardage situations yeah but,
2: I mean the, the the week 18 double pass I would say it's not Trent Williams level eye-opening but pretty eye-opening play right
3: yeah, I mean, is there a double pass sometime with Jawan Jennings, former high school quarterback, number 15?
2: So, the so, like the, <laughs> so then the question becomes, like, does Kyle ever get to the – are we ever at a spot in a game where he overcomplicates it? I would say, you're just thinking about it, one of Shanahan's, I think, positive qualities is that for a guy with a lot of talent on his offense, he doesn't – I can't think of too many times where we felt like – the Trent Williams going back to that well the second time felt like he overcomplicated it. But for the most part, because he is so dedicated to the run game, doesn't feel like he. I, I think Andy sometimes can over feels like overcomplicates it at times. Maybe in his history, tries to get yeah. too cute
3: would be the better way to put it. Maybe the, the difference too is he was the under heavy underdog in that game, so it was kind of a kitchen sink game. Not that playoff games aren't. Yeah, he is going to be the heavy favorite the first couple games. So obviously, got to win the first week, but he's going to be the favorite every game until the Eagles. And then even the, we've talked about that line is going to be smaller than your typical minus three. Yeah. Or plus they, I guess they would be plus three. They'll probably be plus one. And who knows that I could see that getting bent down fast, like pick them. <clears throat> Assuming that the Niners play well, these two weeks, These two weeks. I, th- I think they're, I think they're going in. You just turn on television tomorrow. You watch people talking prognosticators that I, write I, about the league. I I, th- I think most people, Peter King's articles, Brewer's article, I think a lot of people are going to pick the Niners to win the NFC and play. Yeah. I think your AFC predictions, I i don't know if you could even go wrong. You would probably have to take the Chiefs or the Bills just based on the, their route there. Mm-hmm. They have an easier route than the Bengals. But if you took the Bengals, I wouldn't call you crazy. You see Joe Burrow today. They asked him, about like, is the window now? He's like, my window's as long as I'm playing. <laughs> it was a sweet answer. As he's wearing this white turtleneck. Uh, but the point is, like, everyone's going to pick all around. I don't think you're going to see anyone pick any other two teams than the Niners and the Eagles, and I think a lot more people are going to pick the Niners and the Eagles. Um, I agree with you. Based on the way the Eagles have finished the season. Because even yeah. I look up today, they I didn't watch much of that game, but it, they, they went 22-16. to 16. It's not like they yeah. ousted them. I isn't, wasn't, that the for, I, isn't that the former Cal quarterback? Davis Webb? That's the same guy, right?
2: Yeah, they said during the game that he, he was going to become a quarterback's coach in the NFL this year. <laughs> And Dayball was like, well, you you know, you want to come here? Which, of course, is a better option. You you'll To make.
3: be the coach or to be a player? To obviously. be the player. To be, but it's like, even if
2: you're like, you should be the backup quarterback as long as possible, even if you're kind of uh, de facto QB coach, student QB coach, could you just make so much more money.
3: I do wonder if you get to the point where you're like, I'm so tired of getting practice squad cut at the end of camp. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just I'm just going to start my career. And then in three years the way you guys talk about like Mike Kafka or Matt Nagy, who's what if I'm Kevin O'Connell? Yeah. yeah. Wait, you, you guys know that Andy Reid and Brian Dayball and and uh, Kyle Shanahan called me to be their quality control guy? I'm three years away from being their offensive coordinator. Right. I don't know if you guys check, but the offensive coordinator makes more than I make on practice squad. I mean, uh, he's probably not 30 yet, but. He made the right decision this year. Full-time backup, got to start a game. Well worth it. Poor Dayball. He's 27. Yeah, I, I could see being around that 30 mark. You're like, I'm tired of getting going back up and forth and getting yeah. cut on game day for the backup kick return. Being the scout team numbers. quarterback. Yeah. Um, like, wait, yeah, I'm you with ma- you. Like, you, I, you know, you get Tuesdays off as the scout team quarterback. Coaches don't. You, you well, get you sleep work, uh, Yeah, I, I'm with <laughs> you. Like,
2: it's later hours when you're the QB coach. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, Minnesota's. Everyone's going to pick against people. I think everyone's going to pick against Minnesota in their first game. I think people are going to pick the Giants.
3: Minnesota minus thirteen and four minus three point differential.
2: My, what, what do you have a do we have a line on that game yet?
3: Giants, Vikings line. I'm going to guess Minnesota minus. I got it right here. Plus five. I think people Wait, heard you, have I heard the Giants.
2: you have Minnesota plus five.
3: Uh n- no, that's from that's from i am seeing see.
2: Vikings minus three, is what I'm looking at. I think you're right. I think a lot of people are gonna take the Giants. How about Bucks at home against the Cowboys? Cowboys favorite, I would have guessed. Yeah, by three.
3: Do you know what the Bucks point differential was this year? Uh what? No. Well, start off with this. Do you know who had a worse point differential in their own division than the Bucks? In the NFC South? Who? Nobody. <laughs> the Bucks won the division with by far the worst point differential. They were minus 45. Panthers minus 27. Saints sneaky, probably more competitive season than most people give them credit for. Minus 15. Falcons minus 21. I mean, the Bucks guy stink. They, they just aren't. Mike McCarthy can't lose this game. You're already starting seeing some buzz. Like, listen, Jerry I likes them, but you could not go one and done again.
2: Is this a low enough point for Brady that he would go play for the Raiders? You know, people have to. You gotta wonder. Doubtful. I say no. <laughs> I say no. Uh, where did this go? Other, uh, let's see here. Dolphins are plus ten and a half against the Bills right now. Tough matchup for Skylar Thompson, I would guess. Ravens are plus six against the Bengals.
3: Lamar thing got a little weird. Uh, Jaguars six on the road. Hot take. Not even hot. I mean, it's it's not under anyone's c- – I hate when a team plays the last game of the season and they play again in the wild card round. Just – I don't the like last game it. Of the season? When you play the team oh, play, the last yeah, game of the season yeah, yeah, and then you play again, I just – I'm with you. Part of the playoffs and the NCAA tournament and the bowl games, like I like to see matchups that you just – even Miami Bills, I, I know that's a divisional matchup, but it's like at least they didn't just play. Uh, Jags are plus two
2: and a half at home against the Chargers
3: is there a bigger lock Saturday first game of the playoff weekend game than that?
2: Uh, no, that's the biggest lock.
3: Yeah. Did you feel, I saw big cat tweet this and he's so right. Like he's like, what a foreign concept watching an enormous game at night at home in Jacksonville. It was just, and the crowd was going nuts, but it's like, you're just not used to the, to the angles of the stadium, like what's this place? You're like, what? What's going on here? But they were dark
2: colors. Here? I think it works. I actually think that it looks good on TV there at night. I didn't think it was bad. I'm just saying it was,
3: yeah, weird. It was so good and so packed. It's like, is this really in Jacksonville? Well, I don't know, know if, if you, felt,
2: I don't know if you felt this way, but I'm watching, thinking like the Jags look like that. They feel bigger than the Titans do to me. Yeah. Partly their quarterback and Titans missing a bunch of guys. Yeah, no, Josh Dobbs, is part of it. But again, like you're not going to put Tannehill out there and make it feel, I to no. me, just the Jags feel. I think it's probably
3: like they have a dark colors that feels kind of late night. There's a good football. Um, I mean, the, the Titans are your all time, just like one man show. It's like if he busts a 70 <laughs> yard run, you might win. Their uniforms are just terrible. Like honestly, it's partly that. Uh, Bucks,
2: I told you Bucks, Cowboys, Vikings. All right. So that's, we don't obviously, um, there you go. There's the, the lines as they are available to us right now today. Guess the line, Niners, Packers, or Niners, Seahawks.
3: Niners, Packers, I'd say minus Niners, minus six. Niners, Seahawks, Niners, minus nine and a half. that feel too big? Uh, it's at home, no. It doesn't, I mean... What did you, would would you say the big it. line was? The Bills-Dolphins? Part of that's their backup quarterback, huh?
2: Yeah, ten and a half. That's a crazy playoff line.
3: You I get some of those two. I, seven, I did you know? not want
2: the Dolphins into the playoffs, but who are you rooting for? Uh, Pats.
3: I was rooting for – I was watching some of the Steeler game. They, they looked yes, pretty Yes, You know what? Steelers <laughs> would have been fun. I was with you. I, I was rooting for the Jets. Are we sure we're not waking up in Robert Sala? We'll see, (laughs) you know? So, Glazer today reported that Woody Johnson could clean house. You know, guy, when you make a decision, I had someone tell me, he's like, we've look at the Jets. They have seven or eight high picks, and they've hit on them all. Like, sweet guys. Even some of their injured guys, everyone acknowledges, like, that guy's a player. If they would have missed on all those players, but hit a home run on Zach Wilson, no one would care. But... They hit on all those guys, miss on the quarterback, and it feels like you whiffed on everything. Even though obviously they have a solid nucleus, but the quarterback think about this. For whatever Trey turns out to be, because he's a high level guy, he is like that. That's an all time where you get to the final game of the season. It kind of hit me earlier this week. I understood while you're still in the balance and you're playing for the playoffs, like not even having him available. You couldn't have thrown him in this game. The game meant nothing. Like, get him some reps. Right. Like, them not playing in the day, I would say is pretty reflective of how much they hate the guy as a player and, and probably as a person, too. Because well, and when, also- wouldn't today have been a BP fastball? Like, just fucking throw him out there. You got, what are you playing for? Pride?
2: Yeah. I mean, it feels like they've decided he's not on the team next year. He's going to be on the Chiefs. I'm telling you. Is Flacco going to retire? You see Flacco's kid came to the game in a Tyreek Hill jersey?
3: Oh, that's what Tyreek was signing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think it would Is be. Is it a fireable of- offense? It's that bad, the number two pick? Now, there weren't that many sweet no, quarterbacks I would not, I, I would not fire Robert Sala if I were the Jets. I, no, I understand that, but I'm just saying, when you whiff that bad, I understand if you're Woody Johnson being really mad. I do, too.
2: But I would hire a G – I mean, I, is, Joe Douglas, is Joe Douglas good at his job? Well,
3: yeah, he hit on all these other players. That's what I'm saying.
2: I, I, w- th- I wouldn't fire it, – it, that's what's crazy. It's like I don't think you should fire either one of them, but this is so bad because you don't – it's one thing. If the player's not good enough, you, you didn't figure out – and there were enough whispers. You and I heard. We talked about it. They're like, do people like the guy? You're going to bring him to New York? You want him to be the Jets quarterback? Well,
3: guy, what about – I thought it was a little weird when the floor's brother – Mike, is it Matt? Wh- whatever Lafleur's the Jets' offensive coordinator said, we screwed up. We should have we should have made him the like learn learn for a year. Yeah. It, it, are you he saying that been- knowing like I'm probably getting fired? Whatever. I might as well. It just feels be like honest. you're
2: blaming somebody. Yeah.
3: Well, Robert Sala was. And did you like him? Maybe, if you say if you told me
2: Lafleur didn't like him, no, I think he I think he did. I think but they if all like him. You can't say we should have benched him.
3: No, he's just saying in hindsight we should have eased him into it.
2: Yeah, I, I understand. I'm just saying, like, if you liked him, you advocate if once you get the guy, you just know the rookie quarterback might be playing by week two.
3: Well, here's where the firing comes. Cause it's weird with the Shanahan crew, right? Some guys are clearly closer than others. And the one close element of the Shanahan crew is Sala and LaFleur with the Green Bay Packers, right? It was his best man in his wedding. They were GA's together when Brian Kelly made him valet uh cars when they thought they were going to brian kelly's party at central michigan and he made them stand out in the snow and valley cars they are very very close so in turn he's very very close with lafleur's brother obviously they worked together in san francisco he brought him to be his offensive coordinator what if woody goes he's got to go and Sala, you know he's got to s- go john says no
2: well this I, th- now we now we start talking about
3: once upon a time guy haberman was said You can keep your radio show, but Middlecoff's got to go. And you said "F you." Does Sala have enough juice where it's like like, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a line in the sand, but and I I think I'll get another shot. So screw you. I'm gonna stand up for what I believe in.
2: Yeah, you just got to know kind of what the landscape is. Just like I think you're the Jets, you got to know what your landscape is.
3: Who are you hiring? Like you're gonna. I I think there are two guys. I think there are two guys that you could hire: (laughs) Harbaugh and Sean Payton.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you got to get them, right? And you're going to have to compensate uh, the Saints, whatever. But you have to get one of those two guys if you're going to do it, I think. Because I think Robert's proven to be a good coach, like a
3: a promising head coach. Offense, you would say he's not – it's going to be a question mark. And that's the most important thing in the league. 100%. But, like, think of all the embarrassing coaches that have coached in New York. No one's arguing he's clearly pretty solid, but – I don't want to say I expect it, but I am not going to be stunned at all if sh- when we wake up we might wake up to some tweets.
2: Yeah, if you're listening to this after the fact, you may al- already know. Um like cuz
3: there's always there's always a curveball like, "Oh damn." Right?
2: right. Why is everybody tweeting today about Lovey to the Bears? Lovey Smith to the Bears. Was it, was it Well, just no, like what they're Bears? what they're
3: saying is like Lovey threw them a bone. Lovey's getting fired not winning the game. Yeah. But Levy's been
2: there for one year or two.
3: He was a defensive coordinator last
2: year, and they have elevated him. There was a report today, I think this morning, right, that D'Amico would not
3: take that job? The Houston Texans. Yeah, which he shouldn't. Albright, who's pretty locked in on the coaching stuff, thinks by no means it's a lock that he's getting a job. And when you really look around the landscape, the Niners might benefit. If D'Amico Ryans was D'Amico Ryans' offensive coordinator, former quarterback former tight end, whatever, offensive coordinator, I would say he would 100% be a head coach. But I do not feel 100% he's becoming a head coach. When you factor in Harbaugh, you factor in Sean Payton, those two guys are going above D'Amico. And then you factor in uh, the Gannon guy from the Eagles, who it says that if Casario stays, they interviewed him twice last year. He's their offensive coordinator for Sirianni. They liked him a lot and they would just hire him. So that's a guy. And you just never know with Tepper... You know, he just hired a guy who was a college coach. Maybe he wants this year an, an experienced coach. You see the two guys he's interviewing today, Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell. He's probably just thinking, I just need to get this organization going in the right direction before. And then I can take a swing for the fence. I took a swing for the fences. I struck out and it sucked. Can I just get me a guy that like a Dan Campbell that in a couple of years, I'm just 10 wins. and I feel pretty good about my franchise because that's worth a lot of money. Right. It is worth a lot of money to be competitive, playing big games, being important games. He kind of got a little taste of it this year when they had a little moment. They just everyone wants Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, like do what the Lions are doing. It's pretty good for business. Have your fans be excited. Have people wearing jerseys around the town, have the place rocking and rolling, you know, be somewhere between the, I would say, eight to ten range, you're in good shape. That that's a that's a lucrative business in the NFL. It's just a lucrative business to be Mark Davis, but it's really lucrative to just be in the wild card hunt. You know, and the one thing with D'Amico is it's a little Robert Sala-y. I would put him above Robert Sala, former player, team captain. So he's got Robert Sala did not play
2: in the league. This the guy just know who he is before he's coached it down.
3: Famous, played at Alabama, was a stud player. So he's got that. He's a sweet coach, high-level coach, high-level guy. But, like, I do think he's on the wrong side of the ball to just be a lock every year to be head coach. I agree. I also think he's got, when you look at his roster, I don't
2: think he has to just take any job. This defense should be good for the foreseeable future.
3: I do think, like, Arizona Cardinals, for example. It's clear you're going to need a guy. I think you want a defensive guy around Kyler to kind of get on his ass. Good theory. My counter would be,
2: you know, you don't want Kyler running through coordinators for the next two or three years. That would scare me a little. Like, if it works, that guy's gone. And then you got to start all over with Kyler, who might,
3: you know, kind of need some handling. That well, would be Mc- my concern. Okay, if McVeigh leaves, would that be an intriguing job to D'Amico?
2: Well, I I, I would be surprised if that's not a, you know, if it's not Sean Payton, which you would think, just given kind of the future situation, the rebuild coming, Raheem um, Morris. I-, I think it's Raheem Morris as the Rams' next coach. If if McVay's on or Herbie, kidding. Uh, but if McVay's it's on TV, I-, <laughs> I-, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's Raheem. I think they would advocate for him. I also think when you're kind of in a transitionary period in terms of your roster, it's just a kind of an easy thing to do. Now you might also say we've got. Only a couple years more of, you know, this quarterback, maybe if Stafford were to return. But, you know, there's several offensive coordinators that have been in that system that might that
3: might call plays for him. So I think the one thing if I was an owner, I think Sal is a good example this year is they got in a position where no one argues that Zach's not really talented. He's obviously got some, you know. He just can't complete basic routes, which is weird because he is a talented thrower of the football, but that's sometimes guys are inaccurate. Salah can't impact him anything, right? Zero football impact beside mindset. Right. You know, talking big picture stuff like take a deep breath, go read a book. I mean, I'm not making that up. That's the, the things he's saying. He needs to go read a book. And, and that type of stuff works. Like Tomlin is elite of it. You see, notice Tomlin again, nine and eight. <laughs> you know, well, you see the just, stat he's coached in one game.
2: You see the stat? He's coached one game under five hundred.
3: It's crazy. He's coached one game under five hundred. Like, uh,
2: yeah, that was the the graphic I saw. He's coached one game while well under five hundred.
3: Wasn't he two and six this year?
2: Well, then that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, they they were two and six, and they ended up being nine and eight. So and I, he wouldn't have been maybe maybe his career was he at any point in his career that wouldn't be that interesting of a stat career
3: record under five hundred. But I I just don't know what. Defensive guys can influence when my quarterback situation gets weird. Kyle Shanahan's a good example this year. Hell, Sean McVay's a good example this year. Their quarterback situation got weird. I actually think Sean McVay had a pretty impressive season for a guy that's about to quit. He didn't quit on his team. You watch the Rams, Christmas, today, I thought they were playing their ass off, consistently playing hard. Which is sad because I don't want Sean to leave for I like him on the Rams. I like him in the league. I I actually think that's a pretty big loss for the league, losing Sean McVay. I agree. I I think he
2: serves the league better as the Rams coach than on Thursday night football. Uh, Steelers have played one game in their 256 in which they've been eliminated from playoff contention. That's what the stat was. Got you. Tomlin's only played one game while eliminated. Today would not have counted, right? He had a chance to make the playoffs today when he played. Yeah, the McVay one is um,
3: the NFC West falling up. I mean, I would say it's in more shambles than any. That and the the AFC West, you know, I mean, the Raiders are in shambles and Denver's a disaster. But Sean McVay's leaving and the Cardinals, it's like, you know, get prepared. It, Steve it, Kime's going to lose his job. Like, he's on. Like, what, what do you mean lose his job? He's gone.
2: <laughs> uh, are you convinced McVay's gone this time? It sure feels that way. Yeah, I, I think one thing he established is if he came back, even if they're not a contender, they're just, in a weird way, they're not always a tough out for the Niners. But they do have a, a floor that's actually high-ish if you're going to be as bad as they were at quarterback this year. But if not, then there's, you know, barring them getting Peyton or Harbaugh. And again, I think if you had time, like the one thing with Sean Payton is he could he could sign an eight-year contract. and be like, yeah, it may take a year or two to get this thing rolling, but this is going to be such a sweet place when we bounce back. And if he convinces Stafford to come back, I think he'd have to feel okay about things. Um, Now, I don't know what would they compensate the Saints. What do they have to give the Saints? But anyway, the Cardinals feel a ways away. The Seahawks are capped. Now, the Seahawks have a bunch of picks, but they're capped until they figure out... Uh, you know, how to become a really good team again. They're just solid. But McVay leaving would be devastating.
3: I I wonder if part of I mean, they don't have any picks,
2: right? So it's Yeah, I mean it's the perfect time to leave.
3: If he had if he had the fifth overall pick, would he come back?
2: I don't know. I mean, this thing has been
3: picks don't, don't matter to marinated. him. So probably not. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. He'd think, what can I trade it for? There's been so much smoke with with Sean McVay's going to leave that it feels pretty real this time. It felt
3: real last time. I think it was real last time. Anytime they give you twenty million dollars to go to TV, I mean, that's a pretty incredible opportunity. Al Michaels has probably been texting him nonstop, like Sean. This is the place for you. Give you a lot of money to work less. You can always come all uh, uh, so much money to
2: work so much less. When he starts doing the man, he sits down. And he's like, "All right. So these are the,
3: these are the only days I have to work." Well, here's the thing with Sean here's what I would say. He could be excellent at TV, and he's got to know that. Like his, his he's got the personality to be be very unique in the space. Whereas like, why doesn't like Kyle or Belichick or Andy Reid or even Sean Payton went out a year? He immediately wants to go back. Because deep down they know obviously all their personalities are a little bit different. Pete Carroll, th- there is a small amount of people on this earth who do what I do better than me. And I am better than so many fucking people at this. And this job pays so much money that I would be doing my own talents a disservice, right? Like if Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan or even Sean, I think Sean Payton hit hit him this year. Like I'm not doing like my talents are being unused. I'm so good at being a head football coach. And Sean McVay is like clearly he's really good at it. He just probably more than all of them, besides maybe like Tomlin, is just kind of tailor-made to be a star on TV and he knows it. And uh, you know, he's been around Gruden, he saw that. It's just a great life. Madden Madden coached ten years before he left early. This is year six for McVeigh. Pretty crazy. And the money was a lot different then, right? It's so, like Madden was he was and he bust everywhere. <laughs> uh on the stream, somebody I said think she, that I, Elliot, clearly Madden left for the, the pure stress of it. Just He couldn't take it. He was going like, to have a heart attack.
2: Yeah, maybe McVeigh feels the same way. Well, it's like maybe McVeigh's like one of those. He's in Hollywood. He sees actors who just become producers. He's like,
3: you know, it's not the worst life. I think he's going to be really bored really fast.
2: Uh, Elliot says, Cowherd says McVeigh would be better in studio, not to XR. I disagree. I actually was thinking about that. I didn't know Colin said that, but I was thinking about it the other day. I think it's studio. You just get you can get underused when you're on a prime when you are on a prime time game. You can just you get three hours to just kind of stretch your legs. So I, I disagree with that. I think he'd, he'd be wasting his time in the in this. And, and if you're talking about getting bored, like I think he'd get really bored in the studio. Yeah. You don't do coaches meetings. You're not really. I mean, you break down some film, but you talk. If Just next time anybody, if you watch a studio show, and you haven't paid attention. Like, pay attention to how much they really get to talk. It's not that much. It'll be like, all right, halftime here. Uh, Howie, what do you think? Well, I, I got to tell you, I think they got to push the ball down the field more in the second half. And that's it. Like, you, you don't really get to kind of stretch your legs and flex. And there's a lot of people around. When you are the show and you're on TV for three hours, you get to say all kinds of stuff and well, dive into all kinds of
3: stuff. Well, I'll tell you it's a double whammy what he would do. He would immediately replace Herb Street. How does ESPN not resurrect the quarterback thing with Gruden with the uh the college kids and totally. just make it with Sean McVay? Right?
2: Well, ESPN, they might not be able to. Amazon would be like, Yeah, Amazon, we're gonna pay you 28 million a year, part of it. We're gonna like to me, that would be an Amazon thing, right? It's like we're gonna do the what, what did uh, QB, McVay's QB camp or whatever it was called? Yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't Amazon just produce it? Yeah, it's like, we're going to pay you more. We're going to pay you 20 for the games. We're going to pay you another 10 for this other content you're going to do for us. Wouldn't you, you watch like this podcast? Uh, who, Sean
3: McVay's got Will Levis, CJ Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, and three other guys. Yeah. <laughs>
4: you don't think I would get some friend? downloads? Sean's like, well, hey, Peter. Hey, Peter, man. <laughs> Sean's like, well, can I just do
2: the
3: games? I don't want to bite off too much here. Yeah, Veronica really wants me to hike to the Hollywood side again. I, I've never seen a guy more stressed out with no kids. You know, part of it is like, you know, I'm worn out. I got three kids at home. My kid's just going to high school. I haven't seen any other the games. She hasn't had a kid. She's not even fucking pregnant. He's like, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Can you imagine? Belichick's raised kids. He's been coaching 50 years. He's thinking like, what are you stressed out about?
2: They're on hard knocks. He's just in the pool. Yeah, she himself. wants you home
3: more, play with a dog. And again, I, I'm all for.
2: That's why a lot of coaches have kids. Maybe I don't know. Most I, coaches have five kids by the time they're 40. Not five, but like he's 36. Two. I well, yeah. I'm just saying, most coaches by the time they're 36 have a couple of kids, right? Coaches yeah. like co- like you've been in football buildings, college and pro. Like coaches have a lot of kids. They, they got they a lot two. of kids.
3: He just got married. Let's try pumping one out. Pro, pro, so feels like he, he's, he's being like proactive here. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. No, I'm gonna be stressed out when, the, when my daughter's three. <laughs> Well, some of like, like,
2: want, like LeBron wants to go long enough to play with his kid. McVay's
3: trying to retire before he has one.
2: <laughs> I still want to try. What if McVay's like, I still want to travel. I haven't
3: been to Italy yet. Yeah. Like when, when John Madden retired, if let's just, I, I think he's got three or four kids. I would imagine he'd had them all right. <laughs> they were already existing when he yeah, retired. Probably, from the <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
2: think that was part of the doc, right? He had three. Did he have three?
3: We definitely had a couple boys.
4: Yeah.
2: Um yeah, Texans John, I don't know. I was thinking today if you're a meddling owner, this is where you meddle. I don't know how you stop a team from winning. But they lost the number 1 pick to the Bears. Incredible display of incompetence by the Houston Texans. The Colts, it's like the Colts knew what they were
3: doing. Do you know that the Colts and the Cardinals are right behind the Texans and the Bears? Yes. I mean, the Colts had a really, really bad year. They I lost think seven, Colts,
2: three games. I think the Colts might have... Did they move up a spot today with their loss?
3: Yeah, they're drafting fourth. The Cardinals drafting third. Cardinals are drafting third? Cardinals are drafting third, terrible, yes. Terrible, but... I'm. Um, so we could. So
2: we got two teams at the top of the draft, number one and number three, who conceivably might not want a quarterback, right? The Cardinals just paid Kyler. The Bears have fields. They could opt not to, but could be a pretty interesting draft of
3: those two Wow! Well, can you take a quarterback for the cardinals with kyler making that much money yeah, he's you, on scholarship yeah. you can't have that young guy around that negative nancy you can't guy'd want to quit you got to be like sean McVay. you're three be like, i'm out maybe that would be
2: the way to get kyler to retire i, I can't take it anymore force kyler oh! to retirement lions who is who is that i think that's jameson it is oh flag um yeah, so the anyway, the, the Texans stink, it's stinking. Pretty pretty poor performance. How about the uh, Trent Baalke booth shots in the Jags game? He's big on fist pumps
3: to Shad and Shots kid. <clears throat> you you got to give, I mean, that was, I guess you draft high enough, long enough. You're just, they do feel like they got a lot of good players out there. Did you see Christian Kirk's numbers? Remember everyone shit on him? You gave him $80 million. He had a really, really good season. What did he finish with? I thought like eight tight ends, well over a thousand yards. Uh, he he was 84, 1,100, eight touchdowns.
2: 84, 1,100, eight touches. Did so he get a better year than Iuke. But Iuke no, finished she,
3: with. They were feeding him the ball all season long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not
2: saying he's. I'm just saying it. Like everyone came into the year all hyped on Brandon Ayuk, and he had a really good year. He delivered.
3: Ayuk, 78, yeah, 1,008. Very similar, similar years. year. So there's the, there's the floor on Ayuk's money. Ayuk going to get that. paid. I'll tell you, the guy's going to get paid. Nick Bosa. That contract going to be big this offseason. Well, Parsons of
2: no, 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 he's not.
3: Never mind. Nick's contract's going to be historic. And I'll tell you this. Like, literally, right? The the biggest. <clears> not It'll be the biggest. Here's what you know. He ain't taking a rep or a snap in OTA, so that bad voice. pen to the paper. Now him and Kyle got a pretty good thing. It's not like his practice is that crazy to begin with. He misses reps. <laughs> he misses days. Like oh yeah, Nixon, Florida. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He doesn't even come anyway. So but that's a good point. I mean, you're
2: right. I, I
3: mean, would get. Gu- I would guess that deals. That deal's got March written all over. Right. You just get that thing done so you can just operate. Mm-hmm. Like what are you? What are you holding out to the summer?
2: Well, I mean. Whatever they offer, he's gonna try to get more. Right? Yeah. Right. They'll offer a historic amount. He'll he'll try to get more.
3: Be a big moment for Jared Goff in the cold.
2: I know. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Because I saw a couple of balls early, didn't look great.
3: One thing that's pretty clear. Did you notice on the uh, the broadcast that yesterday during the Raider game, like they doubled down that Derek asked to leave. And it, until we heard otherwise, people send me messages on Twitter about that. Yeah, how they, did they, they say it? I didn't hear it. They just said that he he came to them. You know, again, this is coming from the Raiders. Them telling sure. Dan There, yeah, yeah, because I think Dan put it on Twitter. Like, you know, I told Josh I was a little harsh. I really like what you're doing. Uh, you know, because uh, Orlovsky went nuts when they did the Raider thing. Here, if Derek, at, you know, at this point in time, he'll eventually say his piece. Like. I think I, I read Sando's piece. You know, he does all those unnamed uh, executives like every week, just like their takes on different things. And one of their takes last week on Derek, like all the unnamed like GMs were like, you know, almost giving Derek the benefit of the doubt because the Raiders are such a shit show. Like, I don't hold it against him for wanting out. It's not your typical situation. I just don't think that's a very good look if he was like, I want out. I I just under no circumstances do you tap out when things fucking first time in your life with the Raiders go the opposite way. I I judge him as a GM if that's really what happened until he says his piece, which you would think eventually is coming out. But he is. It's been going now for pretty consistently for 14 plus days of that narrative. And he and he has not shot it down.
2: Yeah. With all the guys, you know, with all your team. What about your teammates? You know. Like, I think that would be the follow up question. And and their reasoning, remember, was he didn't want to be to not be a distraction. I, I've seen a lot of distractions in the NFL, a quarterback, even a franchise quarterback. Getting benched is a pretty manageable re- distraction by NFL standards, by all judging all the distractions the Raiders have had in the last 12 months. It's a pretty minor. Again, it's an insane story. But it's a distraction. I
3: but he yeah. got he's just copying what Eli did two time Super Bowl champion when Gino Bench. No, him.
2: Eli stayed and started the Eli came into the game against the Raiders, didn't he? Oh yeah. Didn't he Eli didn't Eli didn't leave. I, am I crazy or did he come into that game? He definitely started the next week. <clears after throat> he started he, the next week. I think Gino played that whole thing. Starts
3: streak going. I think Gino played that whole game. Did he? I remember Eli just stood there on the sideline. In pads, then came back and started a new streak the next week. Yeah. I just don't think you can leave. I don't think you can leave, and I think there are going to be teams that that one's tough. But he people linked us in Albert Breer talking about Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders if the Tom yeah. Brady thing goes down. Yeah. I think people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, and you just go to his football stats page and the percentages, and you just go, he's won a lot. You cannot sign him and just think he's going to be your starting quarterback. I mean, he's proven he goes down. Right, but the Raiders, the Ra- the Raiders actually would make some sense because they just have Jarrett Stidham, who
2: clearly isn't terrible.
3: He's a free agent though; like they have to re-sign him.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're Jarrett, why would you go anywhere else but play for Josh McDaniels? And if they tell you, "Hey, we're bringing Jimmy in," he's like, "Cool, I'll get ready for." I you know,
3: agree, but uh, you you just so you just roll with Jarrett Stidham and Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterbacks for next year. What else would you do? Sign Tom Brady? I don't know. Draft quarterback? I do not think that's a fix for that team. Does, G- does Jimmy Garoppolo feel like a Devontae Adams type
2: quarterback? No, of course <laughs> not. But I, I mean, wh- who is it a fix for? I mean, he—you know what—we've talked about it. He'd be a fix, not a fix, but he'd work for the Jets.
3: What he's gonna work uh, like these teams? One of those teams we're naming is gonna sign him. I, I just think it's gonna be underwhelming. I'm I don't just think asking, it'll what be. do you do? Who do you sign if you're the Raiders? I don't know, but I I, I would expect Gino him to Smith? be worse a quarterback. I expect Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think it's going to be uglier than they think.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, they got to protect you. Got there's a lot of things you got to do if Jimmy's going to be your quarterback to make him look as good as he looked for the forty nine. But and he'll he'll, he'll just get inevitably get injured. Yeah. No. Part. I'm. I know. He just You're gets right.
3: hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he goes down. He and he, he makes a play lot game. of money while doing it. Probably be a little cheaper this year off the broken foot, but who knows? I mean, they're going to be bidders. What would you guess his contract is? Hmm. Uh, two years. What Gino make this year? Nothing six. He missed yeah. it.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say two years, but it's a fake two years with like thirty guaranteed. Two years forty, but 30 is guaranteed or something like that.
3: I'd have a hard time giving Jimmy Garoppolo two years. What do deal. you think it's gonna be? <sighs>
2: But a fake two years, like the second year is just nothing.
3: I think he gets like a one for 20. 20? Broken. I mean, he's had so many injuries. Yeah. But it, but it all depends. if Are people bidding on him? Would like one for 28 shock me? No. Yeah, I'd no. be stunned if someone signed him to a multi-year deal off all the injuries. Does Jimmy take the highest bidder? But I mean, all these teams are going to be interesting, like the Raiders, Miami Jets. I mean, it's like Panthers. I think you could easily justify like to me, they would be in a different category than like the guys he knows. What if Stafford retires and McVeigh retires? Rams. I don't think they have any money, though. Yeah. Hmm. Well, playoffs Ohio are
2: State. Uh, the college football national championship game is on Monday night, by the way.
3: SoFi. Great.
2: Yeah, it's at SoFi. TCU uh, major underdog. I saw an interview today with Stetson Bennett-John who claimed that there are a lot of people that doubted us. We have proved them wrong. Are they defending national champions? (laughs) Yes, but it was not a unanimous. He said, you know, one of the stories, one of the storylines is easy to forget. Not everybody was picking us number one.
3: You see Sonny Dyke say he's gotten three arguments in 17 years with his wife.
2: I did not see. What, what, what
3: were the arguments? He said two of them he doesn't quite remember, and the third was Kobe and Shaq. He said, I was a Shaq guy. She was a Kobe guy. <laughs> and then I guess someone asked Kirby Smart, and he's like, he's lost her words. He's like, three arguments in the history of their marriage? He's like, sounds what like an a accomplishment.
2: Sounds like a made-up Joey Molinaro impression of Sonny <laughs> Yeah, I think Sonny, I guess, was serious.
3: I just read the text.
2: Sonny's a very likable guy. Very. All right, uh, we'll see what the Niners play in the uh, first round of the NFL. If you're listening to this uh, after the fact, then you know, and we'll be talking about that soon. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Peace.